Ooh, all right. I am over-caffeinated. I am still drinking cold brew. Who gives a shit? It may be five o'clock, but I don't go. I don't have fucks left to give. Welcome, babes, to Horror or Nah. I am Topher, your host, usually, of the show. And in the spirit of Ghost Stories Month for October, uh, I wanted to do a little horror now. We haven't done one in a while, and I wanted to talk with my dear friend, is a weird way to describe her, my partner, the love of my life, Nicole Hood. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) Hello. Hello. God, you can't escape Linda these days. Even though I'm trying to teach you RP, you are just always going to go back to Linda Belcher. Hello. (laughs) Little babies. So... My love, what have you brought us today? I am so excited to talk about this movie. It is my favorite. It's the first movie I saw by Miyazaki, and it is my absolute favorite of of his. Um, it is Spirited Away. I am so excited to talk about this movie. Um, I'm going to get emotional. I just know <laughs> it. I'm always emotional, but that's because I have major depression. It's fun. So much fun. Yeah, it's fantastic. No, this is definitely an emotional movie. Uh, I It hits me right in the gut every time I watch it. It's so beautiful, so sweet. But yeah, we are talking about Spirited Away today. Definitely one of his best. Not my favorite of his. That's probably Totoro. Mm-hmm. And a close second or tie from Mononoke. Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. I mean, I love all of his movies. I've, I've never hated anything from Studio Ghibli, and particularly Hayao Miyazaki. He's just the goat yeah he has this way of looking at life and teaching you life lessons in such a beautiful and thoughtful way and i i just i just would love to live in his brain for at least an hour oh my god i mean i i constantly i have multiple Twitter threads of just documentaries or like uh, stills from documentary the documentary about Miyazaki um, where he's just smoking cigarettes and talking to cats and saying I hate writing <laughs> I, every time every I always see it all over uh, like screenwrite screenwriter uh, uh, Twitter that it's just like we all relate to Miyazaki in this very very specific way and that we all hate our jobs but love what we do so I guess first things first, again, we haven't done this in a while. It's been a minute since we've done a horror or not. But yeah. usually what I do here, so if you're new, um, we're going to talk to Nicole about her history with this movie and why, in particular, she brought this movie to me to talk about. Um, then we're going to have a nice, like, sort of free-form discussion about it. Then we'll tell you if we think it's a horror movie or not. Nah. And uh, then we're going to talk about what that means for the genre at large. So I can shut the fuck up for a second. <laughs> Nicole, what is your history with this movie and why did you bring it? So, as I said up top, this was my first Miyazaki experience. I saw this movie in theaters. I had a... So I had this friend in elementary school, Allison, who... um, I spent a lot of time with her and her family. Like, we would um, have sleepovers all the time. Her her dad actually taught me how to properly use uh, chopsticks. That's super cute. Which was amazing. Like, we would go to all these restaurants. She was half Chinese. Her dad was Chinese. And 
So she wanted to go see Spirited Away, so her mom took us to the theater. And, you know, I was thinking, you know, yeah, I'll go. Uh, I'm, I'm, I was the same as I am today. I was, you know, like, chill. I'll go do whatever, you know? <laughs> Fuck yeah. You're, um, you're a down. You're down. Yeah. And so I, I, all I knew about it was that it was a cartoon. Okay. Um, like as, as a kid, all I knew is it, it was, it was an animated film and I, so I was like, yeah, sure. And I had no idea what I was getting myself into. Um, <laughs> this is a heavy movie for kids. Like it is a movie for kids, but it's a heavy one for kids. Yeah. And I would love to talk about how much this movie truly, truly means to me. Maybe we can get to that later. I don't oh, know. Oh, totally. Yeah. No, no. It. I mean, that's part of it right now. Like that is your your history with it, right? That is true. That is true. My, my origin story with this. So... So I saw it in the theaters, and the pig scene completely scared me. In the uh, in the first like fifteen minutes, yeah, it's like, yeah, it's it's completely. I mean, there's a few pig scenes, but I think do, are the, you mean, do you mean I the mean one when where they like, when their parents when her parents turn into the pigs, right? After right, right, eating right. Um, all of the food, um, yeah, I so that completely terrified me as a kid. I I remember thinking like, what the fuck is this movie? Just completely fucking you up. Yeah. So, and I just, it it just had this, like, eerie thing to it. But there was something that I definitely connected with. And I don't think I saw another Miyazaki movie until I was an adult. Uh, like, just, like, 18 adult or, like, proper adult? Like, proper adult. Like, out, like, either in or, you know, just out of college. Like, truly had not seen another Miyazaki film since then. But, so, okay. and now I've seen... Most of them. It's hard to see all of them, but because uh, there just are so many. I just um, so I know if you don't mind, real quick. Mm-hmm. I, I know most of the ones you've seen, and let me just think through. You've seen Lupin the Third. Mm-hmm. You've seen Princess Mononoke. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Spirited Away. Mm-hmm. Totoro. Yep. Or sorry, My Neighbor Totoro. Don't fucking yell at me, nerds. <laughs> um, Ponyo. Yeah. Seen that. Um, shit. Uh, Castle of Cagliostro. Wait, mm-hmm. no, that's Lupin the Third. Shit. Yeah. <laughs> I, mix, I, I, I have to... Because it's Lupin the Third, Castle of Cagliostro. And I've seen Howl's Moving Castle. Kiki's Delivery Kiki's Service. Kiki's Delivery Service, of course. I almost named Marceline Gigi. <laughs> um, <laughs> there was a debate. Uh, I am a getting moment. a tattoo of her yeah. as Gigi, but with the clipped ear that she has. Um, Porco Rosso? That one I have not seen. Uh, Nausicaa Valley of the Wind? No, I have not seen that one. Okay. And I know I'm missing a couple... Uh, I don't know. Let us know. There are just a lot of them. There's a lot. Um, But so now since then, I've seen I've seen a lot of them. And Spirited Away remains my absolute favorite because Miyazaki made Totoro for kids, for for like four children. Um, And then it's a movie about grief. Yes. But um, he said he said in an interview, I'm actually just going to pull it up because I have it right here. Exactly what he said about it he said that he said we have made my neighbor totoro which was for small children laputa in which a boy sets out on a journey in kiki's delivery service in which a teenager has to live has to live with herself we have not made a film for 10 year old girls who are in the first stage of their adolescence i wondered if i could make a movie in which they could be heroines okay and I just, I think this is where I like, I start to get emotional about this movie because I think that it is so important for girls of that age to see 
to see a version of themselves that can overcome any obstacle. Um, like our, our protagonist in, in Spirited Away is basically her challenge is she has to survive in a place where humans perish. Okay, dope. So as a 10-year-old, you know, seeing yourself in that character and seeing that you can be a heroine without the no shit on Disney, but the the Disneyfied like waiting for a man to save me. Yeah, sort of it's thing. not someday my prince will come. It's she meets the prince up top and yeah. uh she ends she, up helping him. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. She's the rescuer, not the other way around. So this movie just means so, so much to me because, I mean, and I think, so I know that Ariana Grande and Halsey both have Miyazaki tattoos. I, I want to say it's Ariana Grande who has the Chihiro tattoo. Um, and she also spoke in an interview kind of saying similar things to what I'm saying, that mm-hmm. that seeing that as a person who is about, probably about to go through, you know, puberty and coming into your own where you're facing so many obstacles to be able to see that someone who has, you know, essentially lost their parents and is going through the utmost challenge of literally just trying to survive and it comes out triumphant is such an important message, I think, to be able to see that when you're a kid. Totally. No, no. And I mean, I know that uh, Chihiro is based on a good friend and colleague of Miyazaki's. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's literally formed after his friend's daughter. That's amazing. Yeah. Um, he saw her and he was like, hmm, yeah, I'm making a movie about you. And not in a creepy a way. And very much not in a creepy way. I want to reiterate no, that, that Miyazaki is the opposite of creepy. Well, um, well, in, in, in the way the character is written, there's not like... It's not like he's like sexualizing this child. Yeah, no, so. and I, I, I think I mean honestly, let's look at a lot of animation <laughs> and Oof. say that he is an outlier there. Yeah, definitely. Uh, looking at you, Disney. Yeah, uh, but yeah, no, I think it's wonderful that there's like her love. So I guess let's. Um, do you mind if we transition? Yeah. Or do you have more to say? No, that was that was really it. Just how. Um, in a, in the same vein that we've we've all been talking about how everyone deserves to be represented on screen, I think it's also important for you know little girls to see, and even even just just children to see that you can overcome certain things when you're going through a tough time. Awesome. Um, because that is a transitional period. You don't really feel the connection to cartoons per se right anymore and but you don't necessarily you still don't really understand like the teenage and adult shows yet right okay yeah no you're it's that weird like preteen it's just such a this is just such a nice representation of that age and i think that everyone should feel represented on screen um and this is just kind of one of those tiny little niche representations that I'm really happy exists. Totally. Love that. And that's really it. So um, for those of you who haven't seen the movie, uh, definitely do. It's on HBO Max right now. Mm-hmm. Um, all of Miyazaki's work is on there right now, I think. Thank God. Because for a while, <laughs> I was having to like... It was so hard to find it I was it having to go on time. like Reddit and <laughs> do some illegal things probably. The amount of plugging we do for illegal Reddit streams on this podcast it's is so It's a little fun. too much. Um <laughs> You know, it's funny that this is uh, considered niche uh, in a certain way because it is it is Japanese animation like it is anime. 
Uh, and you also have a history with anime like I do. Um, mine's a little more <laughs> robust, but you definitely do love anime in its in a certain sense. I've always felt, you know, I, as a kid, I, I've seen every single episode of like Sailor Moon and I watched Hamtaro. Would you consider that an anime? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, okay. totally. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely, my sister and I felt um, a, a strong connection to anime and have have really liked it. I wouldn't say that I... Uh, you, your your um, knowledge on it and everything is, is definitely more robust. You're definitely a little more into it than I am, but I most certainly see value in it and, and, and love engaging with that type of media. Absolutely, yeah. And so just to, just back to the niche point, um, this movie cost between 15 and 20 million, or just over 19 really, um, was its budget uh, in dollar US dollars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it made almost $400 million, 395.8 is the estimated box office for this movie. They deserve Between Japan penny. and US. Deserve oh, absolutely. Penny. It also won an Oscar for Best Animated Feature. Uh, it is the first and only hand-drawn and non-English language animated film to win the award. Can we just talk about briefly how beautifully his movies are always animated? I follow tons of um, Instagram accounts where that are like Miyazaki, and it's just like scenes. Like I could there, and in a lot of them, he shows people cooking. Um, I was going to say such a. That's such a strong, rooted tradition in Japan, and well, and he always steal, he always puts himself in rural Japan. If yes, he's if yes, he's in exactly. Japan at all, if he's doing like a slice of life in Japan, it's rural. It's rural. Yeah. It's never in the cities. Yeah, and um, that documentary I was mentioning is that like it's he lives in rural Japan. He mm-hmm. doesn't live in the city. He lives in the country. Yeah, um, he hates cities. He's very much like um, I always compare him to Tolkien in a way. And stay with me on this point. That may seem weird. Most of Lord of the Rings is about industrialization and how much Tolkien hated industrialization. And he saw, he, in a certain way, there's there's interpretations of him that I think are over generous. Mm-hmm. But he hated everything about what it was doing to, in his world, English life, right? Uh, but any any given city, he didn't want to see the natural world destroyed. And he saw industrialization as that. So Sauron represents like this sort of almost fascist government um, that he was worried about because uh, Tolkien, like Orwell, was very good at killing fascists. <laughs> right. Um, but he he didn't want everybody to live a provincial life, but he hated industrialization. Mm-hmm. And I think Miyazaki is very similar. That like every like uh, particularly in this and in uh, My Neighbor Totoro, they're moving from cities to the country right that's how this film yeah. opens they're moving from uh the city into the country yes and it's totoro uh, is the same way and it's beautifully illustrated it, and the point that i was kind of getting to is i could sit there and watch there are, you know uh sequences of um people making soups and prepping vegetables for that and i could literally 100%. watch this animation on repeat all day for 24 hours just just this animation of of someone cutting up a tomato they're chopping up like leeks or scallions and <laughs> i just i just honestly could watch it all day the, i the it's two so things, calming to me the two <laughs> things that ghibli animators are best at is water and food mm-hmm. and that's what we so all pull lovely. from them yeah it's so lovely like i i mean i i turn to miyazaki films when i'm feeling um, lost or sad because there are such basic um, 
there are such basic seeming life lessons in all of his films that are presented to you in such a palatable way right. that it doesn't like hit you like a ton of bricks and then you're, you know, inconsolable. It's more like something to ponder and that's just what I adore about his movies. I love that. Yeah, no, I mean he 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 finds a way to give you slice of life without it being hammered into you. Yeah, it you live in the space. Mm-hmm. And I think that the animators and the writing gives you the chance to live in that space. Yeah. So we should transition and st- start thinking about whether or not this movie is a horror film. Mm-hmm. Um, and just so you know, to tie it in, the reason that we're doing this during Ghost Stories Month uh, this October is our. That, uh, if you're listening already, hopefully you know that's the theme. Um, but this is literally about a number of different types of Japanese spirits. We yes. have, um, we have obviously just any number of different spirits who come to this bathhouse. We have Shikigami, and we have Surubu Otoshi. Mm-hmm. So. Um, just a quick rundown on those in the world of anime. If you're familiar with uh, the the word shikigami, um, you most likely know it from Death Note, where shikigami are like sometimes considered ghosts, sometimes considered demons, but they are uh, they have a number of different iterations, but they are cursed beings, right? And that can yeah. take a lot of different forms in itself. I'm not going to dive too far into that. That's not that's not really what this episode is about, but there is something with that. As for Surube Atoshi or Otoshi um, or Oroshi, uh, there's a lot of different ways to pronounce it. Uh, it well, to anglicize it, um, and my Japanese is not great, but um, they are generally considered to be a yokai, which is uh, translates roughly to a strange apparition. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, ghost, yeah, how we would right, we yeah, ghosts have ghosts. many forms, and this is, so both Strange Shikigami and Surube Otoshi yeah. are, yeah, um, in the Surube Otoshi are yokai, mm-hmm. that then, the, in, then they're considered ghost writ large, right? Yeah, <laughs> so anyway, that is that's why we're using we're, we're having this as our horror not for the month. Yeah, and this is this is steeped in Japanese folklore. Oh, this heavily, entire heavily, this heavily. entire movie, it, which is which is wonderful. Um, <laughs> like I, yes, I love yes, it because I, I love learning about folklore. That is one of the main reasons why I do like. Um, I know we're doing a horror now, but it is one reason that why I do like proper uh, foreign language films, it's, oh, especially um, especially horror films, uh, because it often has to do with uh the the folklore and i love learning about that mm-hmm. sort of thing i just think it's it's so interesting just because you know what makes us all uh it transcends through generations through cultures through everything is that we're all telling stories yeah i mean you and i talked about this heavily in um our satan slave episode yes oh my god that I loved that movie. I mean, we were I talking was, about like the unification of ghost theory yes. through continents and cultures. Yes, it's so amazing. That movie. I mean, the second that Shutter was like it redefined 
um, horror in in Asia or something. I was like, Asia, Southeast a, Asia, yeah. I was like, but Asia's like, a big continent. What do you t- on Shutter? It only says Asia. So I oh, was does like, it really? Because I'm pretty sure it's a Filipino film. So I'm so surprised that they said exactly Asia. I'm pretty sure, or not, or rather, the opposite of exact. Asia's fucking giant. Yeah, I'm, I'm like, pretty sure that it did, and that's why I was like, well, shit, Asia's a huge continent, so... It's the biggest one. Um, uh, like, so that, and, other and than also, Africa, it's the biggest, it's like one of the second, it's like the first or second and biggest, And it's also yeah. very prevalent, like a prevalent culture in, in horror, like, so I was like, okay, shit. Yeah, because you've already got South Korea and Japan yeah. who are... Um, we've uh, Jesus Christ. Okay, I might be wrong, okay. but I'm no, pretty sure. So funny. I'm pretty sure that on Shutter, it like said that it revolutionized um, horror films in in Asia. And I was like, okay, Jesus. Okay, so Sold. whatever, whatever, whatever. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> um, and to be clear, we both watched the dubbed version, correct? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You and I tend to uh, lots of animators of non-American films ask that you do the same thing. Um, mm-hmm. So you can see the beautiful art that they did. Yeah. Um, there's a whole different thing with that and like how translations can be done wrong. But typically Miyazaki has got a heavy, heavy hand in the translations of his films. Well, that's good. Yeah, it is. Uh, apparently it's a big thing with uh, Squid Game right now. I was watching one of my oh. favorite creators on TikTok who is uh, fluent in Korean and is a Korean woman. Or Korean American woman. And she was like, yeah, you're the translations are not good on this show. Like the subtitles. Mm-hmm. Um, anyhow, so because I, so like we said up top, this is a horror or not episode. So we're going to be discussing whether or not this is a horror film. Yeah. And you might be asking yourself, well, it's a movie made for 10 year old kids. Like, what the fuck? How is that a horror film? And I will go ahead and call my shot and say that I can prove it's a horror film. And my argument depends on the plot. So let me just give a quick rundown of that. Yeah, no, I'm ready. Let's hear it. I mean, you've got it memorized, but for our listeners, right? Yeah. Okay, so we have our protagonist, 10-year-old Chihiro. Mm-hmm. Uh, she and her parents are moving to a new city. She's so she's so worried about her flowers. They're dying. Mm-hmm. Um, her best friend wrote her a goodbye letter. She's mad. She doesn't want to be leaving her home, right? And yeah. they're moving deep into the country. Mm-hmm. Um, her dad gets them lost and says, nah, I've got this. We're going to take a shortcut. And his, her mom's like, nah, 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 nah. We can't do that. Well, Typical mom and dad. Very, moments. yeah, very, very classic in a like sort of hetero, uh, jokey hetero version of things, right? Yeah. So they come upon what appears to be an abandoned village. Her father is like, oh no, see, it's plaster. This is fake. It must be some sort of theme park. They were put all over the place in the 90s. Mm-hmm. Chihiro's terrified. She doesn't want to go in. Her parents almost make fun of her, yada, yada. They go inside. Her parents find this food stall with this incredible looking food. By the way, I meant to say earlier, I always try to make sure I'm eating when I watch a Miyazaki film. Oh, yeah. The food always, again, the food It makes looks me incredible. hungry. Yeah. But yeah. I still, like, I had a full ass meal while I was watch- re-watching this for this episode. And mm-hmm. I was still like, ooh, I could go for that. Yeah. I don't even eat meat. And I'm like, I could go for that, though. Those ribs look good. Yeah, and I do not... <laughs> I do. I only feel that way about like very specific things. And I think that it's kind of it's universal. Uh, these things that I feel like I want to eat when I'm watching like a cartoon. The pizza from Goofy Movie. Oh, naturally. I, everyone the, feels the this way. The spray cheese much. from Goofy Movie. Uh, yeah. Why does that look so good? Because Polly Shore is adorable. Uh, 
And yeah, there are just like a few things like that in a, any Miyazaki, any given Miyazaki film, whatever they're eating, I'm down. Yeah. And we could, we, ugh, if this were a different episode, we'd be talking so much. We'd be diving into his theory on food. Anyhow, um, he, there's a lot of, he's given a lot of interviews about it because everybody asks him to like, why do your films make me hungry? Anyway. Yeah. So, um, Chihiro's like, I'm not going to eat. Uh, we can't pay for this. He's like, her dad's like, nah, your dad's got cash and credit cards. We got this baby. We'll pay for it when they get here. So she's like, no, I don't eat this food. I'm freaked out. Let's leave. Let's leave. Please, let's go. Mm-hmm. She finds a bathhouse. She meets this boy who's this very, like, another classic uh, uh, Miyazaki. We have a very androgynous figure here. Yes. And actually, speaking of a Goofy movie, voiced by the same guy in the English uh, language version who voices Max Goof. No way. Deadass. Uh, goofy movies uh extremely goofy movie yeah i love it when things come just naturally come full circle even though it only took 30 seconds i know (laughs) incredible so she meets him he's like no dude you are human you cannot be here this is the spirit world you need to just like in uh uh uh, avatar the last airbender which was also inspired heavily by miyazaki Mm uh he's like nope you need to get across the river before sunset grab your parents let's go Unfortunately, sunsets happen real fast, and her parents have turned into pigs, and she can't cross the river. Mm-hmm. So, is like, "Look, you have to. St- you can't leave right now. Your parents are turning into pigs. We will put ourselves in a holding pattern until we can find them and re- and free them. But right now, you need to eat, or you're going to disappear, and you need to be able to hide because spirits can smell humans. They smell dirty to them. Mm-hmm. So, go to this. Uh, go to the the boiler man." Kamaji and do not take no for an answer. Just keep asking for a job. Kamaji's like, all right, well, after much convincing, uh, sends her up to Yubaba, the woman who, or the, the person who runs this bathhouse, the super exquisite bathhouse. Yubaba is a Baba Yaga type. Um, mm-hmm. She uh, actually, the art of this was inspired by uh, the legend of Zelda Ocarina of time. Oh, in which you have two Baba Yaga, just like you do in this movie. And a Baba Yaga, of course, is a type of ghost or spirit uh, from like sort of Eastern Europe, uh, Russia, Ukraine, um, a Slavic person. So we have that here. Uh, we could dive into the history of, uh, of Japan and uh, Russia, but we're not going to. Anyhow, so Yubaba takes part of her name. So in uh, in the kanji, um, she steals one of the kanji from Chihiro, mm-hmm. which actually ends up making her name Sen. And if she loses that, if she loses the memory of her name, she will be trapped in the spirit world. Mm-hmm. That's our dilemma, right? That plus parents equals dilemma. Yeah. Sin makes her way through the bathhouse. They mistreat her. They're like, oh, you have to deal with the stink spirit. But she discovers it's not a stink spirit, yada, yada. Uh, we then get no face. Um, no does not mean no face does not mean that he does not have a face or that they do not have a face it no is a Japanese character Mm -hmm. and it's a specific thing here so the entire staff of this bathhouse is like oh no face you can create gold and he keeps eating um, people like workers and they're like it's fine just keep giving us gold Chihiro now Sin finds sees a bunch of uh, Shikigami attacking what she's figured out is Haku, a dragon, um, helps him. Uh, Yubaba's twin sister, Zaniba, uh, 
is like, no, he stole from me, yada, yada, blah, 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 more stuff. Sen, no face, uh, another character, Bo, and a harpy all travel and meet Zaniba. Sin's parents, uh, or Yubaba wants to kill Sin's parents, and uh, Haku's like, nope, Bo's missing, and I'll go get him if Yubaba releases Sin and her parents. Yep. Haku ends up rescuing Sin, Bo, and the Harpy. No Face stays with Zaniba, and then Sin and Haku realize why they know each other. Mm-hmm. Because Sin, as Chihiro, almost drowned in a river, um, but he saved her because he is the spirit of the river. Once he realizes that, with uh, Sen slash Chihiro's help, uh, Yubaba no longer has control over him. Yubaba tries to tell Sen that, like, okay, you can go, but you have to figure out which of these pigs mm-hmm. are your parents. Yep. Sen goes, none of them are. Mm-hmm. And she becomes Chihiro again. They retur- they, She and her parents, now back in their human form, go through the tunnel that they came through to get to the spirit world. Um, her parents have no idea of whatever happened to them after they ate at the restaurant stall. And then Chihiro looks back at the tunnel and she's like, did this really happen to me? Um, but when they reach their car, it's covered in dust and leaves. But no matter what, they drive off and ret- uh, towards their new home. So that's the, the fast version of this plot. Sorry, mm-hmm. it's a little meandering. Uh, it's hard to describe a, a lot two hour and it's 10 minute complex. film it's in complex. like five minutes yeah. uh, or mm-hmm. less. So... My argument for this film. Um, do you want to go ahead and call up top what you fa- where you fall on this movie? So I lean towards it being being horror. Same. Um, so the element of her, especially at the end, and the audience as well, wondering if all of it was a dream or a fantasy of a 10-year-old girl or, you know, in this case, kind of a nightmare, is a is a very common tool used in horror narratives. So yours is coming from, like, the sort of psychological thriller or psychological horror aspect of it. That's definitely part of it. I'm not saying that that makes or breaks whether something's a horror film or not. Totally. Like, any movie can utilize that Absolutely, in any but genre. We're, we're saying specifically why you think this one is or is not. Yeah, I think that that definitely, you know... It doesn't make it not a horror film. I I think that that (laughs) points it in that direction. And then also the visual horror, even though it is an animated film, the visual horror in it between between the pigs and and No Face. And you have a very specific, or it's not specific. You have an an environment that is aggressively unwelcoming in the way that, like I said before, humans are not supposed to survive in this environment. They can't unless they eat of the world. And then even then they have to be careful. Her parents ate food that was not theirs. That's why they were cursed. Mm -hmm. Totally. So, and there are, yeah. So there are rules in this environment and it's not conducive to human life. And she is stuck here. And there's this, there's the plot device of she's running out of time. Yes. There's that too. Yeah. So all of these things, and again, it's all it, it's you know it's the sum it's the sum of some of the parts, right? The sum of its parts uh, that equals horror film to me. Not any specific plot 
device or narrative device makes it a horror film, definitely. But all of them put together in one movie, I have to say that it leans me towards making it a horror film. See, and I would disagree that the the narrative device is exactly what makes it the horror film. More than anything else, past Mm -hmm. the visuals, past anything, the narrative is what makes it horror. This plot is a horror film. And I want to break it down for that. Do you mind if I jump in on that? Mm -hmm. So... We have a child. We have a group of people. Doesn't matter their ages, right? But we have a group of three people. Mm-hmm. Two of them are like, "Fuck it, let's go." One of them says, "No, this is wrong. We should turn <laughs> back." Right? It's the very thing that Scream makes fun of. Yeah. Yes, but mm-hmm. hey, turn back. It's 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 Cabin in the Woods. It's blah 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 blah. Any yeah. fucking movie. We're in the wrong spot. We need to not be here. Yeah. Right. So you have the naysayer, and you have the go getters. Classic horror tropes. And it's funny because this movie never would have happened if, like, the one of the parents was one of those people. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. If so, it had been one of the parents, yeah. it wouldn't have mattered. But because it's the child, they're no like, one oh, to you're her. being ridiculous. Let's go. Yeah. Also gets into the horror of being in this transition period where you are. You you're not are, being taken seriously. But you're capable of rational thought. Yeah. Uh, God, fucking Miyazaki's so good. Sorry. <laughs> the more you dissect it, the better it gets. It, like, truly. It's, it's the opposite of so many things. Like, yeah. the more you dissect Miyazaki, the better it gets, as opposed to, like, basically anything else. The more you dissect it, the worse it gets. Yeah. Um, okay, so that's the beginning. Then the bad thing happens, mm-hmm. that the naysayer, or uh, the, the doomsayer, even, said what happened. She's like, we're, this is a bad, something bad will happen. She doesn't name the specific thing, but she's playing harbinger and uh let's not do this yeah right like um cabin of the woods specifically uh the stoner guy's like maybe we shouldn't go into the creepy basement just a thought here well and she's set up to be our final girl from the beginning she is but she's also she's our only girl (laughs) yeah well her mom's in there yeah but she's a pig her yeah, mom. We get, yes, yes, fair. Once fine, her parents fine, are turned fine, into, fine, like, she's set up to fine, be the final girl from, like, fine. after 15 minutes in. Yeah. So, we also have the helper, who is working for the bad person, mm-hmm. the antag- who's working for the antagonist. We have a significant antagonist, who is a trickster. Yep. We have the horror, uh, we have the, the time limit, like you said. Mm-hmm. And then we have enemy becoming ally. Yeah. All of those are horror plot elements, right? It's kind of all thrown into one. And like I said, this this plot meanders, but never in a bad way. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's lots of misdirects, lots of like, is Haku bad? Is Haku good? Is he neither? And I would even argue that Haku is neither he nor her, but them. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to speak for them, but... I would argue yeah. that that is, and an, because Miyazaki loves androgyny, and because spirits don't actually have gender, yada yada. Yeah, that's not the point here. But what I mean to say is, we have all these plant payoffs that are very horror plant payoffs, right? Mm-hmm. No face is a demi antagonist that is converted to a friend because of Sin's actions. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I think the plot, the narrative, is exactly what makes it horror. It yeah. follows every single beat of this follows a horror movie beat. Mm-hmm. Granted, again, longer than most horror films. Yeah. More meandery in the plot than most horror films because it's a slice of life meets horror, which is such a cool thing to do. Mm-hmm. But I think this is 100% a horror film. No question in my mind. 
Yeah. Um, then you put on top of that, like you mentioned, the visuals. Yeah. The visuals are horrifying. Yeah. No face is terrifying. The parents turning into pigs, terrifying. That's yeah. some like real like animal farm watership down bullshit, oh, right? Yeah. I can't. The, the that she this ten year old girl is responsible for whether or not her parents live or die. Oh God. That this. Ugh. The implication of bathhouse and sex work, and that a ten year old's mm. being pushed into that, right? Yeah. Because Miyazaki also plays with those lines. And I don't mean that he's being creepy, but look at, say, Princess Mononoke, f- much further down the line mm-hmm. of, like, horrifying. Although I would argue that that's probably not a horror film. Right. Um, but it is a horrifying film in the yeah. visual. And very you di- have... Two very different distinctions, yes. Yeah, mm-hmm. and you have sex workers who become um, blacksmiths <laughs> mm-hmm. in that movie. But they're dressed the exact same way as the bathhouse workers. So there's a conflation. There's a visual conflation here. Yeah. Right. That this like servant class because they're dressed like servant class. This also happens in a, a great anime from the creators of Cowboy Bebop called Samurai Champloo. Mm-hmm. Uh, one of our main characters, the only woman main character is dressed in the exact same way as these women are. Right. And it's implied that it's a service class, but it uh, there are multiple nods no- made to her being in sex work class, even though she's a restaurant worker. Yeah. Uh, who leaves on this adventure, but it's it's it ha- it comes up time and again. Um, so there's a that's a cultural thing that I've been made aware of. Uh, but yeah. So there's this like threat of a life of servitude that is um, being made to be degrading because it's not their choice. Does that make sense? Well, I don't want to say that sex work itself is degrading, yeah. but that being forced into the servitude is degrading, right? Yeah. And the way that I've... The, the way lack of consent is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. And the way that I've looked at this film and ultimately decided that it certainly leans more towards horror is the thing that I think would make people think that it's not just upon looking at it is just that it's animated, just frankly you know we don't people don't immediately think of animation as being part of the horror genre even though it very much so is oh 100 percent. but yeah i know what Um, you mean yeah you 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 ask someone to name five horror films and everything that they name is going to be live action action. but if you put this in as a live action and made it just you know like an a thriller type, you, you know, like put absolutely, put yeah, that no, I see what you're saying, of, yeah, yeah. Then you would you would not question it if you use interesting. That's pra- an interesting argument. If you used practical and CGI effects to get everything that this movie encapsulates, it wouldn't be as good. Obviously, like I'm not saying we should do this. <laughs> you're <laughs> um, not advocating for that move. I am but not you're advocating just, yeah. for this move. I'm just saying that what ran through my mind is if we took live this into a live action situation and just added, you know, like still kept in all of the beats of the parents turning into pigs and um, we've got no face and, and all of those moments, you wouldn't question it. You would not question it. I like, yeah, I think you and I are kind of like making the same ar- argument from different perspectives where you're yeah. saying if you put it in live action and I'm no, saying if you just look at the you. plot. Yeah, no, I think yeah. that's why I said I think we're yeah, we're right on the same track line here. I love that. Yeah, no, I fully agree with you. And again, not advocating for a live action version of this. Do not. Yeah, want I'm it. an atheist, but that's it. sacrilegious. Yeah, do not want it. Do not need it. The the this Swear version is God. perfect as it is. <laughs> 
I will, for legal purposes, say I would allegedly bomb whoever's house made that decision. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you whoever decides to ever take Miyazaki live action, I am allegedly going to bomb it. Yeah, it's just that's just not not something that I want or need. Once again, for legal reasons, that is a joke. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, but I love that. I mean, I, I it's so interesting. Um, so we've talked a few times about horror for children. Yeah. And I think that's totally what this is, mm-hmm. right? That this is not speaking down to children, but speaking to them in a way that not only will they understand, but expecting more of them. Yeah, yeah, it's not condescending and it expects more. I thank you for that. That's the word I was looking for. Yeah. Thank you so much. That's and exactly I think right. It, I think it is important to that this type of thing exists because yeah, it's it's asking more of children who may or may not be ready for it. But if they're not ready for it, then it's not asking them. For more in a in an aggressive way, yeah. You know, it's kind of yeah. like more is here for you if you are ready to explore that part of humanity. Yeah. But if you're not, then enjoy this like kind of spooky cartoon. Totally. You know. Um. Yeah, and it's it it speaks to children in a way that lets them rise to the occasion, which I think is a wonderful thing to do. Like, I'm not a parent. I've never been a parent. I'm just the oldest of like. 11 um, yeah i'm just a cat mom <laughs> but i come from a big family and so like i'm the oldest of all of them and i would i i loved being able to show my cousins younger uh, my younger cousins and and siblings like things like this you know um yeah something that i wish we've, we talk a lot about horror primers you and i do yeah um we've talked about evil dead and evil dead 2 as horror primers um and a few other movies as well this is a horror primer for kids. And like eventually we'll talk about Coraline. We have plans for that. Uh, spoilers <laughs> that we want to do Coraline at some point, which is clearly a horror film for children. Yeah. Um, and Neil Gaiman is wonderful at horror, uh, f- uh, specifically like weird horror, um, borderline horror stuff. But yeah. And kind of tying it back to the very beginning of this episode where I, where I talked about how, what this movie emotionally means to me. I think that it's also very important for, in the same way that a lot of adults feel held by certain works of art and, you know, whether that's music, mm-hmm. any sort of media, right? Totally, yeah. I think it's very important for children to feel held by certain forms of art. And this is why we fight for the arts to be in schools. This yeah. is why we, so that children can engage, whether they want to make a career out of it or not, I think it's very important for children to engage with the arts, whether that's being a, a, a viewer and, and engaging in conversations about that or participating in it, you know? But it's learning, media literacy. It's yeah. teaching media literacy to children. Learning media's... how to play an instrument, learning how to draw, paint, uh, make, a, make a film, you know, like all uh, of these yeah. things. So, and I think that this, for a lot of a lot of teens and children, that I, I think that this movie has the capacity and the potential to provide that feeling for you to to feel like you're held and understood by a piece of art because uh, Chihiro is definitely wiser than her years, as so many kids are told that. Um, but she's the smartest person in this movie. That's what I'm saying. She's wise beyond her years. Yeah. Um, and I think that a lot of children who are have been told that before don't really understand. They're like, okay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, <know>? yeah. <laughs> but this is giving them a version of themselves that they can see. And yeah. they're like, no, I was right. And it, 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 it's for, 
I hate this word. I hate saying this, but like it's for precocious kids, but every kid can be precocious. I want to democratize that. Right. Right. Um, so I, we've already kind of moved into this, but let's, we're, we're already talking about what this means for the genre at large. Yeah. I, I would love more horror films for kids. Yeah. And I think that what scares children is different than what scares adults. Right. Mm-hmm. Children are terrified of losing their parents or losing themselves or, or, of mystical, wonderful, weird things. You know, they're, they are the ones who are scared of things that go bump in the night. And there's a lot of film critics and filmmakers that I respect heavily that I hate their opinions about horror. That they think like, oh, I can't be scared by horror anymore. And I disagree. There's always something fresh yeah. in this genre. And I think this is something that, particularly in regards to horror for children, this is so fresh. That's why I wanted to talk about this movie with you. Yeah, and, um, and I mean, at the end of the day, at the end of the day, we all have similar fears. We we all, regardless of who you are, you have someone who is close to you. You're worried of, you're afraid of losing them. Mm-hmm. That is one of the more horrifying parts of being alive and being a human. Is that you know, is that someone that you love is going to not be there one day? Yeah, and I so I think that that resonates with a lot of people and i think that and i think that in addition to in addition to that having literally her parents lives be on her shoulders i think that that is such a beautiful way to explore how sometimes in familial situations a lot of things do rely on the kids sure. like it can uh, sorry no continue i just have i, I just had a, a big realization so keep going and and i think that th- those are the types of kids that i'm kind of thinking that this movie could they could feel held by this movie is that a lot is on like literally her entire world as she knows it is on her shoulders and i think that it's so important for uh you know, children who lose one parent young or their parents get divorced but don't have contact with the other, they kind of end up, especially the the older child, mm-hmm. uh, if, they're, if they're more than one, you know, uh, child, ends up kind of playing a little bit of a, of a parental role sometimes. Or they have to grow... Any kid who's had to grow up really, really fast um, and, and then has to, you know, in their later years, kind of heal that inner child and kind of seek the necessary help and self-care that it takes to heal that. Jesus, and I yeah. I just think that this movie is so, so important and it has such fun elements along the way of, you know, it's got, it's got horror elements that are both fun because, you know, we have fun with horror. It's not all like jump yeah. scares and, 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 you know, it, it can be silly. But I think that this movie is just so important for those children to see that... You're not the only one. Absolutely. Yeah. So that's amazing. One. My, my rambling. <laughs> no, it's good. It's good rambling. Did that makes sense. <laughs> that made complete sense. Um, even that some of the most horrifying characters are actually the friendliest, right? Mm-hmm. Kamaji. Freaky as shit. Um, funnily enough, played by the same person who voiced uh, Cogsworth in Beauty and the Beast. I love that. Uh, another connection with that is Susan Egan plays Lynn in the Yes, in the, that's right. That's who right. Who originated Belle, Belle on Broadway, yep. but also was 
your big crush, Megara from Hercules. Hercules. Sorry, I meant Hunkules. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes, yes. She she made a lot of money from Disney. She sure did. She sure did. She yeah. sure did. Um, but on top of that, new theory. Okay. Chihiro is the child of two addicts' parents. Oh, are we going into like you know the the conspiracies like with Totoro? This is yep, the conspiracy. This now. is mine. I'm I'm starting it right now. Okay. It happened while you were talking about it because I'm it's the kid who had to grow up way too fast. Yeah. Who has to be parent to the parents the child who becomes parent because the parents act like children and I, that's a bad look that's that's not really what i want to say about addiction like addiction is a disease and we should treat it as such right it's yeah. the same as anything else but it affects your children but it, it, trauma comes from yeah. many many come it comes in many forms and from many places mm-hmm. i know it's not literally what it's about and i know that miyazaki has not said this but this is my read on it now this is absolutely a story of a child of addict parents yeah does that track for you yeah, um, I I would say I would say it definitely it it definitely tracks. I don't I again don't think that that was the intention. I think that he fully you know he definitely wanted to talk about consumerism and and all of those. That's things. absolutely what it's about. But yeah, yeah, that's literally uh, no, what that's, it's about. That's 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 an interesting, and I don't think that that's an unfounded uh, read on it because yeah, she feels like the the weight of her family and her life as she knows it is on her shoulders and all of her decisions are big ones. Yeah. And and they're the ones that are necessary to save this family unit. Yeah, and I and, and save the parents from themselves. Exactly, because it was it was their essentially what turned them into pigs in the first place was their them being gluttonous. Yeah, their refusal taking, to listen to reason. And taking things that weren't theirs and um, taking too much of was what mm-hmm. was not theirs. So, um, yeah, I could see that as being, you know, any situation where a child has to parent their parents, um, which addiction definitely falls under that. And then just in general, neglectful parents yeah. falls under that as well. That they don't listen to her wishes, that they tell her, stop fidgeting. Everything's going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Nothing is fucked. Oh. This is okay. And she's the voice of reason throughout the entire film. That's that's where I'm getting the the addiction read. And like in yeah. a, like a lot of great horror films, uh, the sorry, Evil Dead from 2013, um, mm-hmm. allegory for uh, addiction. Yeah. Um, Babadook for grief um it follows for stis yeah and the the horror that comes from that feeling uh all of those are explicitly allegorical films yeah and they're all they all treat they all use they all use horror as a medium to treat the to, to as the allegory right uh, I'm, I'm saying that not entirely wrong but you know what i mean yeah or not entirely right but you know what i mean um i I'm into this theory now. Uh, no, it's interesting. Hayao Miyazaki, call me. <laughs> Let's chat. Uh, we can smoke cigarettes together and hang out with cats. I would love that. You can meet my cat. Yeah. <gasps> he would love that. What if, oh my God, what if then there was there was a cartoon version of Marcy with the clipped ear? Yeah. <laughs> He's so cute. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I, that's, I have nothing more to say other than, than like, let me know if I'm wrong, y'all. Listeners, babes? yeah, I think it's a, I think it's an interesting, an interesting take on it. Just from you know, obviously, 
Her parents love her very much. Obviously, it's just you as a child, you have trouble seeing your parents as real people. Yes. Um, You see them and they're your entire world for the most part. You know, like you don't you see them and they've taken her away from the rest of her world. Yeah. You see them as you you see your parents as like the the utmost, just like the only, you know, you you don't look at them as people. You look at them as as these, you know, sort of superheroes and it's interesting as you grow up when you when you start to see their flaws because everyone has them and it's It's so the age where you start seeing those flaws too it is yeah you start to think you know oh the you know if you if you feel any sort of neglect from them or you know that 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 would be the time that you would realize it and it's yeah so that's a really interesting take on it i think because it might also it might be that this is this is one of the first moments that she's realizing that her parents aren't perfect and that her parents are humans that make mistakes that love her so much, but Mm -hmm. you know, everyone makes mistakes. So, yeah. And to that point, you thinking about the sort of, did it happen? Did it not? I think it explicitly happened. It did. Yeah. Because you see the the, the time on the car. yeah. Yeah. But it could be that that's just time that they spent recovering. Yeah. Um, and starting their journey to recovery. Yeah. And that, that represents, yeah. So I think, I, I think we can uh, both unify these theories. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, my, my, my closing thought is that it's, it is a horror film. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very sweet horror film. It's yeah. one that doesn't necessarily, not as an adult, scare you. No, but I can see that like kids who are kids who are idiots and assholes like we were um, (laughs) who think too much of themselves really, really just want to be smart kids and want to be understood. uh, I think it would hit that 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 note really well. Yeah. Does that make sense? Yeah. No, it, it absolutely does. And I think more things like this should exist for kids. I I, I mean, asking for more Miyazaki is is uh, greedy frankly yeah it's it's kind of funny it's kind of funny that for all of the films so far in this ghost stories month that we've that we've talked about i've kind of um i've kind of i've spoken about how how it's a transitional film and this one is too like yeah it goes from like if you're if you're not really that's re- feeling yeah, that disney re- we're three anymore. for three yeah yeah i know it's so weird but and you're not you know you're not uh old enough or not really they're you all know. they're all graduation films it's so weird how that that is that has been like a weird theme that i've thought of for this whole month so far <laughs> but you know things happen uh coincidences and whatnot but uh anyway um, I guess the things that you have to plug are pretty much the things that I have to plug. Uh, yeah. Uh, do you want to do them? You're, you're good at them. Sure. Uh, you guys know where to find us. We're on Instagram at Horror Babes Podcast. <laughs> We're on Twitter at Horror Babes Pod. And we have a website, HorrorBabesPod.com. Uh, You've been Nicole. I, I have been Nicole. I am still Nicole. I will be Nicole until I die. And you can be found at Nicole Lee Hood on all social media platforms. That's yeah, N-I-C-O-L-E-L-E-I-G-H-H-O-O-D. Sure and if you didn't catch that, it's I'm pretty sure it's tagged in the bio of Horror Babes. So. Yeah. And I've been Topher. And you can find me at Tofalof, I think, at all social media platforms. 
T-O-P-H-L-O-A-P-H. It's a joke. It's funny. Fuck off. <laughs> and that's and it And mine's for... just my name. Uh, yeah. Because I have no sense of humor. And <laughs> that's, that's it for horror not this week. Yeah. If, you, if you've been enjoying the podcast, please give us a rating or review. Yeah. Thank you, babes. Yeah, babe.